into the contest. It is Tuesday, the 30th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my mate Shane Lee. How are you, Shana? I'm fantastic, Timmy. I believe you've been down to Lunar Park. Yeah, took the kids down to Lunar Park. Plenty of nostalgia. Now, one of mine, when they were young, really didn't like the face. I was scared by the big <laughs> face. But... Uh, grown out of that now um, but uh, they really enjoyed the rotor and it sort of brought back memories I went up to the viewing area but I always had a little bit of a stomach problem when I was <laughs> on the rotor and I promise you that's the one that spins where you stick to the wall and it's been around forever really it's been around <laughs> almost since the start of Luna Park and you stick to the wall but uh, even watching on I was feeling queasy well mate if it makes you feel better if you, if you did shed a tear I actually got married down Luna Park mate so I, I shed a tear down there, mate, when I, when I, when I got the invoice, that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I don't miss you. All right. But it is a beautiful spot. What a lovely spot to get married. We've got a great show on the way. The Big Bash. Oh, the fallout from this draft. Gosh, it looks like a bit of a shambles, doesn't it? Ange Postacoglu's massive win for Celtic and Collingwood. We will defend Geelong. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Well, the fallout just continues. We mentioned this briefly yesterday about the Big Bash and the draft, and it was an initiative that uh, Cricket Australia put into place to try and lure across the best of the world. But the problem is with the congested nature of modified cricket right around the world, if they come to the Big Bash, it would limit them, If and they stayed for the whole season, it would limit them from playing in other leagues like the UAE and other places around the world. And... The way that all these guys, or many of them operate, these T20 specialists, is that they try to dip in and dip out to get as much as they possibly can while their career is still going. Yeah, it's the real big problem. This isn't. Cricket Australia has really stuffed this up. They've um, they've led with their chin, and when you sometimes when you lead with your chin, mate, you get one put straight on straight straight on it, and they've done that here, mate. And um, the real issue is, as you said. These key players, um, and they call them platinum players, where they could be paid up to $340,000 for the season, were going to only not play the full season and potentially miss the finals. And no Big Bash uh, franchise wanted to invest that amount of money on a player that wouldn't be there for the finals. So the the, the platinum players like Faf Duplessis, um, Andre Russell, Dwayne Bravo, um, Kieran Pollard and Jason Roy have all been overlooked totally. So the big the big stars that they were hoping to get here to fix their issue with Channel 7 have been overlooked and they've got egg on their face, big time Cricket Australia. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a problem, isn't it? I I don't know how they get out of it. I really don't. At the US Open, uh, interesting uh, finish to one of the matches there, Shane. Well, yeah, it's um, it's, it's gone into a bit of a a tailspin, the whole social media, but it was young 16-year-old Czech girl, Sarah Belzlek, and um, after she won the qualifying finals at Flushing Meadows against Heather Watson. She won 3-6, uh, 6-4, The embrace with her dad and coach has caught a bit of attention because both the dad and the coach seemed to touch her backside. 
and they're all saying it's a little bit creepy. Um, I don't know about that. I think it was just a genuine cuddle from both of them. But, uh, yeah, social media got into a spin. Well, we saw Liverpool win 9-0, um, and now Ange Postacoglu's team has done the same. Whatever uh, anyone else can do, Ange can do better, and his Celtic team have a record-breaking 9-0 win over Dundee United, which is the largest away win ever margin um, in that league. Uh, he is on fire. He's going to become a Scottish citizen, I think, Ange <laughs> Costapoglu. He can't do any wrong. Yeah, uh, isn't he what? Playing Ange ball. And it's spread right across the UK and the soccer world, talking about yeah. Ange ball. And, uh, you know, of course, when he left the, the role of the Socceroos, he was criticised by many, but boy, he can coach. Cristiano Ronaldo, he can't make the first team at Man United at the minute. He came on as a late substitute in their 1-0 win the other day. But this talk of him going to another EPL club just gets louder and louder, despite... Uh, them denying it at Man U and Chelsea's the latest club being mentioned. Well, yeah, he, he has requested a, a transfer last year, but um, it seems that Man U won't release him. He's 37 years of age and they won't really trade him unless he can go to one of the bigger clubs and there's no real interest because he hasn't been starting. Um, the last two matches he hasn't even played. Um, there are offers, they believe, in the background from Lisbon, um, Napoli and Marseille, but they're sort of lower-ranked clubs. So um, I think they're just going to keep him on the books. and But uh, it's not great for Cristiano Ronaldo at 37. He needs to be playing. Yeah, it's not like he's going, he needs to play to earn money. But uh, uh, he's, no, still, he's still yeah. hugely talented, isn't he? Five-time Ballon d'Or winner. Stay with us. All the AFL, NRLs next. Look, there's a lot of criticism about the bye ahead of the AFL finals, and I can see where they're coming from. The criticism largely comes from the top four, because if you finish in the top four, you expect to get a few things come your way. And that little bit of time off uh, where players can repair from some of the injury that they've had is really valuable. But the criticism comes against the bottom four who have scraped in, who also get that opportunity, Shane. Yeah, well, the, the percentage difference um, between... It's always been the, the finals the way they are, except for in 2016 they introduced the uh, the bye round, um, and the teams in the bottom four have had, had, have had much more success since 2016, and getting that rest is a big thing. I, I don't mind it personally, um, but because I think it gives a chance for every team to get get fit and get right, get ready for the finals. But as you said, Tim, if you're one of the top four and you've earned your position, you want to earn your right to have a, have a week off if you win your first prelim. And um, and it's not happening there. So it's uh, you can see it's, it's really divided opinion there. Uh, Collingwood defender Darcy Moore has said that we can stand up to this star-studded Geelong forward line. They have been so powerful, so powerful this year, Geelong. Yeah, they have, mate. So the the three Geelong forwards between them have kicked 154 goals and Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron alone have kicked 108 between them. Saying that, I reckon um, Darcy Moore is, is, has just collected his first All-Australian. He's a super defender. And I think, I think Collingwood mm. are up for this game. I, I've just seen Tom Hawkins go missing a lot in finals. Um, he's just been named captain of the All-Australian, first time he's ever been captain of a team, he believes. Um, and Jeremy Cameron really feeds off when the other two forwards are doing well. He, he's the guy that picks up and, and kicks goals and, and does little things here and there. When he has to lead himself, it's a little bit different. So I think the pressure's really fairly and squarely on Geelong here. 
I tell you what, Nelson Asofa Solomon is going to have a big spotlight on him uh, when Melbourne play Parramatta. Look, Phil Rothfield wrote an article yesterday, and I had to agree with him. Some of the the tactics that he implores and, and the punishment that he doesn't seem to be getting, he's a massive man for the Melbourne Storm, but uh, it looks like the referees are really going to clamp down on uh, repeat offenders. Yeah, and Graham Annesley has come out and said this, um, that... If you look at uh, Nelson of Solomono, he's now received his fifth um, Grade One charge. Um, hasn't been given a week off. He's he's had twelve thousand dollars in fines. But as you said, Tim, he seems to get away with it. So yeah, the spotlight's fairly and squarely on him. And I think all the players who sail really close to the wind and really push the boundaries, the spotlight will be on them come the finals times. Yeah. Now the Roosters are going to be without Lindsay Collins for a number of weeks got a four-week suspension. Victor Radley won't play this week after that pretty troubling concussion that we saw in that very yeah. physical game against Melbourne. And uh, look, there's no chance of Daniel Tupo playing this week. But the thing is, most of their other players are back. So you've got Takiaho back. You've got Momorowski, who played 18th man mm. the other day. They are in such a space where I don't think it matters too much. It won't matter. I think this is a huge game. Roosters versus South at the new stadium. Connor Watson will wear the number 13. Um, uh, as you said, Victor Radley out with a with a pretty significant head knock. Um, but Victor Radley's tough, mate. He'll be back next week. But yeah, Connor Watson will come in. He loves his position. He says it's a full-on position for him. He loves tackling a lot and, and loves loves have to defend. And um, yeah, he'll do a good job in that position, no, no doubt. Yeah, well, he's a live wire too, isn't he? Because he, yeah. he can play in a dummy half. He's He's got that... Uh, versatility and then uh, you've got lots of other players that uh, come in off the bench so the Roosters are in a pretty good space heading into this sold out encounter at Allianz Stadium on Friday night now heading overseas NFL the Baltimore Ravens mascot what about this (laughs) they play a game with the kids and the mascots I don't know if it's just me Tim but every time I see a mascot no matter who it is or what mascot it is I want to tackle it mm. myself. <laughs> you just have an overwhelming urge to smash these mascots. That's maybe that's just me, mate. But um, this particular mascot called Poe uh, mm. was smashed by a couple of kids, and he's done his knee, and he was lying there. And they thought it originally that the mascot was just hamming it up, but he was taken off in a <laughs> in a motorised cart. He's been smashed by the kids, old Poe, and um, he's done his knee. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a difficult world for a mascot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, baseball, the the money, the amount of games they play, uh, the money in it is 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 extraordinary. But when you're a superstar like Mickey Mantle was, uh, everything that he touches is worth a little bit of gold. One of his baseball cards has sold for wait for it ten point eight million pounds. Yeah, twelve point six million US dollars. Unbelievable amount of money. He was a seven-time World Series champion, and this card is from 1952, just after winning his first um, World Series. But, yeah, it's, a, it's the largest amount of money ever um, been uh, given to a bit of sports memorabilia. I think uh, Maradona's shirt or something was, um, was uh, the number one prior to this, but uh, that's a big, big amount of money for a baseball card. 
Oh, yeah, and it's well over 17 million Australian dollars yeah. if you want to make it locally <laughs> and give that a bit of perspective. Uh, your great mate, and I knew and and love Chris Muldoon, of course. He played with Mossman. He was part of the, the – I think he was second-grade captain when my brother Kieran was playing there, and he was an enormously good friend of yours. He was never paid 17 million to play and bowl those little <laughs> tweakers, was he? He wasn't, and he's also my flatmate for about five or six years. But Chris mm. was a little off spinner. He captain first grade as well. And, um, and a pretty good off-spinner, but he batted about number 11. Um, Chris was a little PR guy. He wore sort of Coke bottle glasses, so his eyesight wasn't that great for batting. But um, he'd always get frustrated when our batsmen would just kick away other spinners, and we're playing Bankstown on this particular day. Kenny Hall was the off-spinner, bowled left arm sort of straight breaks. He played till he was about 70, he did he? did, yeah. Old, old man emu, they called him. Anyway, Chris was frustrated. I was still batting, and Chris said our, our batsmen weren't doing a very good job. So he came out and he tried to smash the shit out of Kenny Hall. <laughs> well, he hit a six first ball. He hit a four second ball. And third ball, he tried to smash Kenny Hall out of the ground and fell and tripped and fell on his face. His glasses fell off and he got stumped. <sighs> and as we walked off, I said to Chris, Chris, you suffer from a very bad combination. He said, what is that? I said, you suffer from a bad combination of overconfidence and incompetence. <laughs> and we both looked at each other and laughed. He said, you couldn't be more right, Shane. <laughs> oh, that's gold. It's a bit like the cocktail of arrogance and ignorance. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors. The Osher Group. Go to oshergroup.com if you're in the market for a racehorse. They are the guys to talk to. And, of course, our great producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Sport.